0: I think of things in the context of skin. I notice skin. I can tell things about people by their skin. And yeah, my father founded a a company, an anti-aging skincare company called Epicurin. Natural isn't always good. One of my favorite sort of ridiculous examples is you can literally drink too much water and overdose on water, and it can be harmful. Um, If you process your water through chlorine, is it still natural water? I'm not sure giving people education and tools and encouragement and raising awareness around the importance of touch, we feel we can create a better health outcome, not only for, for the body in its sort of physical form, but for our connections with each other as humans.
1: Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the Beauty Radio Network, the podcast where we talk with interesting people doing interesting things. This is your host, Deanna Lynn, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to take care of your baby's skin. Taking care of your child's skin is so important, but did you know that premature babies need extra special care? Baby skin in general is thinner and more prone to irritation. Your baby's skin is extra sensitive, so proper care is essential. Skin is a barrier that provides protection from infection, helps control body temperature, and prevents water loss. A preemie is at greater risk for infection and the loss of heat and water through the skin. That's why it's so important for you to keep your preemie skin healthy and intact. A premature baby's skin is not as fully matured as a full-term newborn, so a preemie's skin needs extra care. A delicate skin is at risk for injuries from tape, electrodes, and adhesives, and it's more sensitive to irritation and breakdown from the chemicals that you find in soaps, detergents, or lotions. While you're in the hospital, of course, the nurses and other members of the healthcare team. We'll evaluate and monitor your baby's skin daily. Uh, but what about when you get home? Once you leave the hospital, it's up to you to check your child's skin and keep it healthy. Now, before I bring our guest on, I want to let you know you can read the full article of today's episode in the show notes. There is a link. Just click on the link and you can read the article Why you are listening to today's episode. My guest for today, Kim Walls, is a skincare professional who specializes in premature baby skin. Kim is the founder of BEB Organic. Kim first experienced the phenomenal healing powers of touch through her work with preemies at age 19. She was forever changed by the experience and the concept of touch as a vital first step towards healing What ails us? Throughout her esteemed 20 year career in skincare, and especially her role as a mom to two sons, Kim has remained ardent about the importance and value of healing through touch. Kim spent years applying her passion and talent to create an all natural skincare product line for preemies, especially for use in hospitals. Since 2014, it has been trusted by top-rated NICUs to help in the healing of preemies. Then, in November 2018, Kim introduced her line of preemie skincare, BEB organics, to the public to set families on the path of healing through touch. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Kim on. I want to introduce you to Kim Walls. Hello, Kim. Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on today.
0: You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be able to share stories together.
1: Yeah, well, today we're going to be talking about something a little different. We usually talk about adult skincare, but today we're going to be focused on baby care, especially premature baby care. Kim, are you the founder or developer of BEB Organics? So what is your role in the company?
0: That's right. Yeah, I'm the founder and
1: creator. The founder and creator. So Kim, first off, BEB Organic, is that the full name of the skincare line or does that stand for something? Can you tell us a little bit about that? We call it
0: BEB because that's an acronym for Best Ever Baby. And the casual name most people have ended up calling it because people like to make up names is Bebo.
1: (laughs) Bebo, brilliant. So Kim, this is a question I've been dying to ask you since I started reading a little bit about your company. What gave you the idea to start a skincare for preemies? I mean, how did you see a need for that? Tell us about that.
0: Sure. Started a very long time ago. My work with preemie babies um, started with a little boy named Jared when I was still in, still at UC Santa Barbara, and I was doing behavioral therapy and just started learning about the challenges of preemie babies. And I had, I've been in the skincare industry literally my entire life, so. I think of things in the context of skin, I notice skin, I can tell things about people by their skin, and so it was a natural connection for me to put those two things together. Um, I, I waited a long time before doing it because it takes so much time to put something together and there's so much medical work and work with hospitals, and uh, collaboration with doctors, things like that that need to happen. It, it just takes a very long time to put these types of things together. Um, they are very much a population in need. They have huge skin challenges, not unlike people who are very elderly, actually. Um, and we know that we could help. And so it's sort of an imperative. If you know you can help, then it almost feels like you're doing something wrong when you don't help.
1: You said you had uh, skin care experience in the past. Can you tell us more about what your past experience in
0: skincare is? Sure. Yeah. My father founded uh, a company, an anti-aging skincare company called Epicurin, and I spent a lot of time with him. So got to know the ins and outs of the industry um, quite well from a very early age and actually started um, two different skincare companies. In my past, this is the third, uh, well, depends on how you count. It's either the third or the fifth. Uh, but I've I've just done everything you can do within skincare. I'm also an esthetician, so literally, you know, from distribution to formulations, domestic and international sales, the whole the whole gamut. It's what I love. Great, me too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can tell. So in the beginning, you developed the line mainly for hospitals. Interesting. Do you recommend the skincare line for all babies or just premature babies? I mean, is there really a lot of babies born premature?
0: We do recommend them for all babies. Um, They're particularly good for babies with sensitive skin, for anyone with sensitive skin. I use them on myself as well, particularly the healing gel, which is um, blemish protection with pH balancing, probiotics, and anti-inflammatories like Arnica and Yarrow. Um, So anybody can use them, but about 10% of all babies in the U.S. are born prematurely. And in countries where there's more air pollution and more environmental toxins, the percentage of babies who are born prematurely um, is even higher. So it's it's not a small number.
1: Wow, I, I did not know that. What kind of problems do premature babies or even babies have with their skin?
0: Uh, They, the melanocytes, which produce melanin, the pigment and color in the skin, I'm sure you know that, but maybe some of your listeners don't. So just a reminder of what melanin is, is it darkens the skin and protects it from uh, sun, from UV damage and and sun damage. And so babies don't have those melanocytes developed, which is why all babies are born fairly pale. Um, It takes time to develop that. So protection from the environment is something that they don't have, which is why it's ideal to cover them and to give them extra skin care. Um, other types of problems are, it it's, can be very easy to, uh, to tear or abrasiveness. In the case of preemie babies, they are undergoing lots of medical procedures. So they're constantly being poked and prodded and pricked and um, any skin that is damaged has a higher potential for infection. So, thinking about how to prevent infection and help the to help the skin regenerate more quickly is a big priority.
1: Well, it makes sense that their skin would be extra sensitive and probably not fully developed if they're a premature baby. so it would make sense that they would have extra sensitive skin.
0: Oh yes, yes it's very it's it's highly prone to contact dermatitis um, inflammation redness, irritation. And there's so many things in the environment, sometimes controllable, sometimes not. But, you know, if you, if you're someone with very sensitive skin can't even walk through the perfume aisle in a department store because their skin will start to break out in hives. The skin's very responsive to all things in the environment. And um, for people who are more vulnerable, their skin tends to also be more reactive and more vulnerable because it's such an important part of the immune system. Now, when you
1: talk about skin to skin interactions, y- your website says something about tender touch and skin care helps preemies become their strongest. Can you can you elaborate on that for
0: us? Absolutely, that's another favorite topic. So, in this country, in particular, in our country, in America, we don't touch enough. Uh, if you look at the statistics from around the world, casual touch, whether it's on the shoulder or a hug or holding hands, is something that um, that is very common and it's absolutely necessary for human interaction, for peace, for joy, and we don't have enough of that in our lives. And in particular with preemie babies, um, they are often isolated from touch even more, and they need touch even more. It actually babies who aren't touched enough or who have negative touch um, that's not balanced by positive touch, like the pokes and proddings and needles, um, suffer brain damage. And so really heightening awareness around the importance of touch and then also helping parents get the confidence required to touch because you have these tiny little creatures that they love so much, but they're so fragile and it can be very scary. So in really giving people education and tools and encouragement and raising awareness around the importance of touch, we feel we can create a better health outcome, not only for for the body in its sort of physical form, but for our connections with each other as humans.
1: Right, right. It's amazing how much we as humans are capable of and something so simple as the power of healing through touch. It's Pretty amazing. I think maybe it's so simple that we don't even realize how important it is. So now, Kim, uh, let's talk a little bit about your skincare line. Kim, clarify for us. Just tell us exactly what it is that makes BEB Organics. What is it about BEB Organics that makes it so unique?
0: Sure. Uh, we developed a unique blend of botanicals that we call Phytocura, P-H-Y-T-O-C-U-R-A, that is specifically designed to tackle the problems of sensitive skin. So the things we've already talked about, easy inflammation and reducing swelling, decreasing the chances of infection, accelerated healing, things, the plant combination in Phytocura are... Uh, Helps with all of those things. And it's made from very, very, very expensive ingredients that are infrequently used in skincare, like rose and like elderberry and yarrow. These are ingredients that we are sourcing from all over the world um, through fair trade and with a very high level of attention to the potency of the plants themselves and then carefully crafted into ingredients that go into our skincare.
1: So let's talk about some of your key ingredients here. Um, I'm really curious about, (laughs) well, there was a couple of ingredients in your skincare line I was kind of curious about. One of them was sweet potatoes and the other was elderberry. Now, I know in herbalism, elderberry is used to build the immunities. Tell us about some of your key ingredients, what they do and why you're using them in your skincare line. Sure.
0: So elderberry is very much a favorite. It's a bright reddish, deep purple berry that uh, grows all over the world and and very much in Ireland is where I discover the farms that that ended up being our favorite farms for elderberry has exceedingly high polyphenols and um, constituents, essentially vitamin levels that are very, very healing and healthy for skin and help support the immune properties of skin. And that's the main reason why we use it.
1: Now, what about sweet potatoes? I have—I don't think I've ever seen that in skincare. What, what is that for? No.
0: So sweet potato, uh, I would actually have to look at my data to confirm, but I believe that's the source of the ceramides. Um, so when it comes to skincare ingredients, very often you have these long Latin names of things and people don't understand really what those things are and they sound scary and intimidating so we tried to reduce down always to the simplest form um, where something is really coming from and in our case that's particularly important because so many ingredients can be sourced from um, vegan versus non-vegan sources and, and vegan is part of you know, that animal rights friendly platform is part of what we care about as a as a brand. And so making sure that we're communicating where our ingredients come from, whether they're coming from animals or not animals, because none of ours do come from animals, um, is where you get into things like sweet potato.
1: And just as a side note here, I am in a product ingredient label reader. If I don't know at least 80% of what's in a product, I won't buy it. I like to know exactly what it is I'm putting on my skin. Now, while we're on the topic of labels, I just want to bring something out here. I think I read this on your blog that all baby products say they're 100% natural, but that can be very misleading. Even though a product may say it's 100% natural, it could still be unsafe. Can you explain what you mean by that?
0: I can, but I also just want to say that it's, I don't, It's not on every single package, it's just, it's frequent, it's common that people use natural because it's a buzzword. And natural isn't always good. One of my favorite sort of ridiculous examples is you can literally drink too much water and overdose on water and it can be harmful. So I do I believe very strongly in using natural ingredients, Um, and my the point that I'd like to help people understand is that just because it's natural doesn't necessarily mean it's good. And so with a product line like B E B Organic, these products these formulas have been being used in hospitals in a NICU setting, which is a neonatal intensive care unit setting, um, for many many years on hundreds of thousands of babies. So not only do we have Natural ingredients that are healthy and helpful to skin, with clinical data behind them. We also have multiple years of use in a clinical setting where we've had no, no, no complaints, no risk, and no um, negative side effects of any of our ingredients. But natural, natural is always where I like to start.
1: Now I think a lot of people are confused about the word natural and organic. Can you, can you mm-hmm. kind of, some put that. Simplify that for people so that they can get a b- better understanding of what the difference
0: is? Sure. You're giving me all kinds of favorite questions. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> organic is an agricultural designation that was originally intended to refer to food um, in the context how we use it. What organic really means is that it's made with carbon. Um, and so, it refers to things that, that have been living. So, for example, a mineral like zinc can't possibly be organic because it doesn't have, it's not an agricultural product. So this is a designation that's been assigned by the U.S. government to refer to products that are grown without pesticides, herbicides, um, or potentially harmful or toxic help. Uh, You could call it help. So organic ingredients tend to be, Smaller, or you know, for example, if you have a tomato that's been engineered to or you know, genetically modified to be huge, um, your organic tomatoes are much less likely of the same species, they're much less likely to have that same sort of size. Um, But in most studies, they do have things like higher potency. Um, And and you know, many of us believe that with organic comes lower risk because we know more. About those ingredients, we've been eating them as a species for a long, 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 long time. Whereas some of these pesticides and insecticides and various things that we're consuming uh, don't have enough testing to make some people like me feel comfortable eating them, even though there are plenty of people who say, "Oh, they've been tested just fine." It's a it's a personal choice to go with history or go with uh, a brand new kind of science when it comes to what we're eating and what we're putting on our body because things that go on the surface of the skin do have the capability to end up in the bloodstream. um, It feels more conservative and safer to me to eat organic and use organic as much as possible. Natural means something different. It's less defined. It doesn't have a designation by the government that I know of. So there aren't quite as many rules around it. Um, and it can really mean lots of different things. So water could be natural. Um, if you process your water through chlorine, is it still natural water? I'm not sure. I drink chlorinated water because I drink tap water sometimes. Um, but it's, it's vague and each person has more room for interpretation around what natural really means. To me, it means as unprocessed as possible.
1: Okay. So I want to go back to something that caught my attention when you were speaking there. Um, I, I know that topically when I use a maybe lesser grade product that the ingredients aren't quite as pure, that they can irritate the skin, the top of the skin. But you mentioned something, and it'll make me blotchy. So I can imagine what it would do to a newborn baby or a premature baby. Um, when they would use ingredients in a product that are not completely pure, that have a lot of, um, I guess, impurities in them is what I'm trying to say. But you mentioned something about getting into our bloodstream. Isn't our skin set up to keep things out? Do you really believe that topical
0: ingredients can get into the bloodstream? I know for a fact that they can. And the way I know that is because when we have things that are applied only on the surface of our skin, they show up in our tissue and in our urine and are easily detected and measured. Um, So it it is absolutely true that things that are on the surface can get inside the body. And this, there was, there's sort of, from a long time ago, there was this idea that skin is more like a cellophane wrapper for the body you know, it's kind of this layer that's intended to keep things out. And what we've learned is that that's not necessarily true. There are cells within the skin that are actively seeking sort of what's going on in the world around them and then coming back in and triggering the immune system to have certain responses based on what is being detected by those cells in the skin. Um, Things like oils uh, that go on the surface of the skin will show up in the bloodstream and some combination of touch and potentially nutrient absorption um, actually causes babies to, or has the potential to cause babies and has been proven to cause babies to gain weight more quickly. Uh, so there's, there's actually a great body of science around um, topical ingredients showing up inside the body. Uh, at, at one of the most popular ones is actually around parabens and memory, memory tissue um, in the breast. So by detecting measurable levels of certain um, ingredients that are in skincare in the body and in, in our tissues where we have extra fat storage, in particular.
1: What you know? Speaking of which, what are some of the ingredients used in skincare that we need to avoid, or we should avoid?
0: So, because I like things to be easy for people, um, I have one that I pay the most attention to. Well, to um, fragrance, synthetic fragrance, because back to your point about what you get across the counter in department stores and having confusion around ingredients. Fragrance is one of those ingredients where companies don't have to say what's in them. You're allowed to put fragrance on the label and it could mean anything. I've heard estimates up to 4,000 different ingredients could make up a fragrance. So the transparency isn't there. You don't necessarily know what's in it and yet it's on the label. So if any any brand, any product that has fragrance in it, I avoid. And maybe that brand is perfectly fine, and maybe that fragrance is perfectly fine, but I personally don't want that risk, and I also want transparency. And I know that we choose, you know, we have the ability to, to create change depending on how we spend our money and uh, as consumers, and I want transparency, so I don't want fragrance to appear on my label. Are you including essential oils in that too? I'm not because an essential oil is, is listed as, you know, maybe it's Langy Lang or Rose Otto or whatever. The name is actually listed. Whereas if it says fragrance, then it's possible that that fragrance is made up only of essential oils. But we have no way to know because it just says fragrance.
1: Right, right. Exactly. And a lot of people are confused about the difference between an essential oil and a fragrance, but that's a whole nother episode. So we won't go there. Um, so, okay. So you said that one of your top reasons, uh, top things we should avoid is a scented
0: product. Not necessarily scented. I love scents. I love the smell and, and our products do actually have a, have wonderful smells. Um uh, I have no issue with scents. It's the word fragrance.
1: Fragrance. It's, it's okay. a
0: linguistic concern because the word fragrance doesn't communicate what's in the product. It could be 4,000 different things or 400 different things. That's, that's sort of a ridiculous exaggeration, but it could be any number of things that make up the ingredient that they're including as fragrance. Yeah,
1: so the label, labels and then, are so confusing.
0: Yeah, they are. We tried to simplify it a little bit by using a color coding on BEB be Organic. Uh, hopefully that helps. And with another one that I avoid avoided, is petroleum. Um, And 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 relatives of petroleum, mineral oil, sort of any of those. And the main reason for that is because I like to put things that I know are are healthy on my body. And while petroleum is inert, it's a it's a byproduct of you know the oil industry, and it has high potential for contamination with things that are not healthy for the skin. Uh, But most particularly, I think every ingredient should have a purpose that is healthy and helpful, and there are ways, the main reason petroleum, two main reasons that I know for petroleum and petroleum byproducts are used is one is filler because it takes up space and it's incredibly cheap. Um, and then the other is to provide an occlusive barrier over the skin. And there are times, many times, when it's incredibly important to be able to create an occlusive barrier over the skin But there are ways to do it with ingredients that are healing while they're acting as a barrier versus just putting up, you know, essentially what I consider a cellophane wrapper over the skin.
1: Right. Those are my two big ones. Those are your two big ones, huh? Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Why do companies use petroleum in their products? But you answered that for us. They use it mostly as a cheap filler or occlusive. And... It also is very clogging or suffocating to an acne skin type. All right, so maybe you could share with us now some tips on how a new mother can take care of her baby's skin.
0: Absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you. And the same, similar tips would apply for adults too. Um, One of them would be one of my biggest ones is uh, to cleanse with products that are pH balanced for skin. So uh, a lot of people think, oh, you know, water is great for skin, when in fact, uh, the pH of, of water is closer to 7 and the pH of skin is closer to 5.5. And it's particularly important for young skin to, uh, well, really for all skin, but it's, young skin is more reactive when it doesn't have that proper acidic layer, what's called the, uh, an, a healthy acid mantle barrier on the skin is important because that slightly acidic layer is what helps defend against bacteria and invaders. And the skin is the cells in the skin are all optimized to function best at a slightly acidic level. So when we use things like um, soaps that are not pH balanced for skin, we're disrupting that acid mantle barrier and decreasing the skin's natural ability to um, support itself and heal and do the work that it needs to do to protect our bodies. So bathing with with cleansers and this includes face washes for all of us and, and everything we should really be paying attention to the ph level of the skin which should be acidic so that's a big do one they, and they not
1: the, do they use the ph i don't know if they use the ph on all cleansers i think that's why a lot of women use toners to bring
0: that ph right. back up yep that's definitely right um toner out yeah, toners have lots of different purposes. One is absolutely pH rebalancing after after water, because even when you cleanse, then even if the cleanser you're using is properly pH balanced, you're rinsing with water. And so wanting to bring that skin back to its acidic level with a toner before applying those next steps, whether you're wanting to deal with fine lines or puffy skin or anything like that, um, it's really helpful to optimize the pH before using those next types of products so you get the most out of the layering benefits of products.
1: Right, right. Exactly right. All right. Do you, before we close out today, because we're just, our time's just about up, do you have anything else that you'd like to tell us about that I left out here? And then tell us where people can find your
0: products. Okay. Well, our products are available online at BEBorganic.com. That's, BEB is an acronym for Best Ever Baby. Uh, So B-E-B-O-R-G-A-N-I-C dot com. And thank you for asking that. And what I would like for people to know, that's such a good question. Um, Is it okay if it's not about skin? Yeah, anything. (laughs) I would like people to know that their lives will be better if they make a conscious effort to reach out and touch someone, hold a hand, pat a shoulder, give an extra hug that I think the world will be a better place if we all pay a little bit more attention to casual touch. Right. I
1: love that. Thank you. That's (laughs) great. (laughs) It's been a pleasure to have you on here. And just so the listeners know, I do have a link in the show notes so you can go right to Kim's website from our And you can check out her products while you're listening to today's episode. So I'm going to post that in the show notes for you. Kim, thank you so much for being on. You gave us a lot of information in a very short amount of time. So I appreciate that.
0: Well, you're most welcome. Thank you for the chance to be on your show. It's been lovely.
1: Yeah. Good luck to you.
0: Bye-bye. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.